May God enlighten the eyes of our hearts to know the hope to which Christ has called us. Amen. Please be seated. The last few weeks in our Thursday morning Bible study, we've been journeying through Paul's letter to the Thessalonian churches, a passage of which we heard just a moment ago. 1 Thessalonians is probably the earliest letter of Paul's that we have in the New Testament. And we see in it the expectation of the very earliest Christians that Christ was going to return any day now. You can understand why they thought this when you hear parables like the one we just read. Jesus told the disciples over and over again to get ready and stay prepped for action because he's going to come back very soon. Even when he ascended into heaven, the last time that the disciples would ever see Jesus in the flesh, some angels popped up and told them to stop looking up into the sky and get to work because Jesus is going to return in the same way that they just saw him leave. This was really the hope of the early church. And it was this hope that ignited their mission to the world. They thought they had no time to lose. We've got to share this good news of the love of God in Christ with as many people as we possibly can before Jesus gets back, which they figured could happen at any moment. Have you ever found yourself waiting anxiously by the phone for a call that's going to deliver some important news? An employer calling after an interview, the doctor telling you the results are back. I don't know about you, but when I'm anxiously waiting for something, it's pretty hard to think about anything else. I constantly check that the phone definitely isn't on silent or going straight to voicemail. I pick it up every two minutes just to check if it did in fact ring and I somehow found myself temporarily deaf for two minutes. This kind of anxious longing that we hear in Paul is very similar to that. It's what we hear in 1 Thessalonians. Jesus is coming, so be prepared, get ready. Or as the popular bumper sticker puts it, Jesus is coming, look busy. <laughs> but as the long years passed, and as Rome continued to rail over the fledgling Jesus movement, and as Paul and the Christians continued to watch their companions in faith suffer persecution and death, they found that hope start to wane. Maybe wane is the wrong word. Rather, they started to shift their attention from the future to the present. They started to think about what it means to follow Christ, not in urgency and anxiety, but in trustful, gentle hope. A hope not just that Christ is coming back, but that Christ is with us now. We see the shift in Paul's later writings. He's still expecting that Christ will come soon, but he starts to think that maybe it's not in his own lifetime. The tone of his expectation shifts. He starts to encourage these struggling, oppressed churches to find comfort in the presence of Christ with them and hope that in the end Christ will make all things right, even if they never get to see it in their lifetime. Well, if Paul thought he had it bad, 2,000 years later, we're still waiting. And I think nowadays, there's two ways that Christians tend to live in light of that waiting. The first is to try to keep that early church hope kindled, a little bit like the oil in the bridesmaid's lamps. Jesus is still coming again any day now. Often that kind of literalistic hope that we see in particular corners of the church is bound up with conspiracy theories about wars and rumors of wars that signal the end is nigh. 
The second posture that we can take is perhaps that what it means to wait for Christ's coming isn't just about when he's coming, but about what it means to live in the light of hope. As theologian Jamie Smith put it, if you believe Christ is coming, the key question isn't how long have we got, but rather how should we live now in light of that expectation? How will the future shape the present? The philosopher Martin Heidegger came up with a funny little word for this kind of posture. He called it futurity. Futurity is a particular kind of orientation to the future, a kind of hope that doesn't put a pause on life while we're anxiously waiting for what's coming, but that shapes our lives here and now by what we hope for. Our hope tells us something about how to live in the now. We see this in the early church. Even as they begin to loosen their anticipation for an imminent coming of Jesus, they hold on to what it means to be people oriented toward the future, people defined by hope. It's only much later that the church starts to become more past-focused than future-focused, which you can always spot by its symptoms. Nostalgia, sentimentality, stubbornness in the face of change. Being a future-oriented people does not mean waiting anxiously by the phone for Jesus to call and let us know he's on his way. It means letting our hope color and shape our present being. Not to pine for the past, not to wait wistfully for the future, but to be here now, present to the present in a way that is defined by hope. Christians are a people marked by futurity, by the future that presses upon the present. It colors everything about our faith. Even our acts of remembrance are not nostalgic. Nostalgia is a great enemy of Christian hope. It grieves for a lost past, and it covers over all the brokenness and injustice wrapped up in that past. Paul deals with that in our reading this morning, when he counsels the Thessalonians not to grieve as others do who have no hope. We can make that same mistake when we have a rosy-eyed relationship with our traditions, can't we? We love tradition, we're Anglicans, and that's good. But our traditions are not designed to keep us tethered to some great past. Being shaped by hope means allowing the future reconciliation of all things in Christ to shine a revealing light onto our traditions, to allow us to reckon with our past and with the ongoing effects of our past on our present. Now, keener listeners will have noticed that I've all but sidestepped our gospel this morning, electing to avoid an antiquated story about bridesmaids waiting for the heroic groom who summarily leaves some of them out in the cold because they weren't ready enough. But as uncomfortable as that parable may make us feel, it does say something to us about what it means to wait in hope for Christ's coming. That a hopeful posture, a way of being marked by futurity, is one of alertness. Stay awake and alert, not because the so-called signs of the times tell us that the end is nigh. No, for as Jesus says, we know neither the day nor the hour. Rather, keep awake to the signs of God's kingdom breaking into the brokenness of the present. For in the story, it is Christ who comes to us, not we to Christ. Just as our hope reaches out to us from a good future in which all things are made new. And if it is God's future kingdom that's breaking in, 
it will always be marked by more reconciliation, more justice, more expansive welcome, more loving service. That bumper sticker I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus is coming, look busy, is often accompanied by a favorite Christian painting, William Holman Hunt's The Light of the World. It's proudly depicted in one of our own most beloved stained glass windows in the Lady Chapel just behind me. It shows Jesus, the light of the world, turning up at somebody's house, lantern in hand, knocking on the door and asking to be let in. It's a favorite window of mine because at this time of year, when it's still dark outside when I arrive at church on a Sunday, I sit there at my prayer desk during worship and watch that window slowly catch the light as the sun rises behind it. In some stroke of genius in the design, the first thing on the window to be illuminated is the lantern, and as the sun comes through it, the rest of the window slowly comes into view. The light of the world arrives quietly and gently brighten all things, but perhaps we only notice if we're alert to it. I think that's what future hope means to people of faith, a light that comes to us in the darkness of our waiting and brings to light everything it touches. Let us keep awake to its coming. Amen.